it, again, for me, it's just getting out of my own way and like, okay, stop doing the bad habits that you know don't work for you. Mm-hmm. Stop, stop doing self-sabotaging behaviors. Mm-hmm. You know, stop drinking or stop, you know, smoking or stop, you know, paying attention to your emotional, physical needs. Um, you know, it, it comes back to taking care of self. It keeps coming back to uh, what do you want to do in this life? From somewhere around the world, welcome to the Black Women Travel Podcast. Hi, my name is Wanda Duncan, and I'm so glad you're joining me as we explore the paths of Black women who've made travel a large part of their lives. Welcome to the show. So thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me today. Can you please, please introduce yourself, say your name, where you're from, where you are now, and the name of your business. Thank you for for the invitation. My name is Phyllis Raleigh. Um, I am from the U.S. I'm an Air Force brat, but I currently live in Vilcabama, Ecuador, and I um, am living out my last days of as in my third act of the play of my life, doing the things I love, and that is um, sharing my work and uh, having great parties. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about these parties now. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I call them optimized life experiences. And really, it's not a retreat. You know, you're not going to earn 200 hours of yoga. I'm like, please, no more yoga people. Um, <laughs> it's like, you know, beer yoga, naked yoga, goat yoga. I'm like, really? <laughs> I think the shark has, you know, they've jumped the shark, as the old saying goes. But it, it's really looking at us and we live in a time of everything's hitting the fan right now, so we better pay attention. And what all of the mystics that I have researched and the scientists and the astronomers have finally said, hey, best thing you can do right now is focus on you. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, cool, I can do that. <laughs> and, I was like, and healing and doing all the things, optimizing this life, being the best human we know how to be. And that's what it's felt like it's been all my life trying to figure that out. So now it's like someone giving you permission to live your best life ever. And I went, oh, yeah, I'll raise my hand. I can do that. So I'm doing it. And share with us, please, uh, Phyllis, what the name of your business is. Oh, it's just my name, PhyllisRaleigh.com. I'm trying okay. to keep it simple. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I was trying to use the title I'm inheriting a job description that I took on called an, the Oracle. And the Oracles, we may know of the Greek Oracles of Delphi or the Sibyls, as they were called in Africa and other parts of Rome. But it is the tradition of the wise woman who looks into the future. She may have clairvoyant skills. The women in Greece sat over a, um, a fissure in the rock that 
uh, once a month release ethylene. And they literally were high and had to have priests help them interpret. But they, clairvoyant skills were manipulated by natural medicines. So an earthquake one day put them out of business and so it closed up the fissure. But it has been the tradition on the planet um, that we would go. And, and, you know, they're always in the movies. you got to climb up the mountain to get to the oracle. But it was a work because you needed to get there. And when I went to um, the temple of Aphrodite, another oracle, but she was also a working girl and she had a temple um, that celebrated the erotic arts. Mm-hmm. And it was beautiful to be in Greece and just to kind of do your homework. It was kind of my on the job training, my field training when I yeah. was in school, in oracle school and learning the tradition and taking on the job. And what I realized for myself is that not one day in my life has been wasted. Mm-hmm. And all of my work experience has really prepared me for looking at these very interesting aspects of time that we are in and to make sense of them and navigate them and then direct uh, my life as well as others that I work with. So I'm like, how do you be your best life ever? What does that really mean? You know, is it, it's not about just a diet and working out, you know, it, it is, why did you come here? <laughs> it's like, 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 that's the big picture questions. Yeah. Why are you here? What, what are you here to do in this life? And, and how do you accomplish it? And it's really, it's, it's exactly what you wanted. That's the best part. Exactly what you wanted. You've never maybe have been able to voice it or think about it in a concrete, goal-oriented manner. Mm-hmm. But it's there. It's there. Because we've all, we had consciousness before we were born, and we will have consciousness after we die. Mm-hmm. And in all of that space, this is the part where we forget stuff. You know, <laughs> we lose some things, and half the battle is remembering, why did we come? What are we here for? Yeah. And so my work is... As the tradition of the, the, the job says, know thyself, what the Greeks said, that's the role of the oracle to help you know thyself. And I'm like, yes, and know thyself more. There's so much to know about yourself. And I've just been, I've been lucky, Mama. Honestly, I've been very lucky. I, I chose the life I wanted. <laughs> and as I had my first astrological reading, probably when I was 55. A woman said to me, she says, it's like you chose your, you know, like you made up your charts perfectly for you. And I said, you know, that'd be something I'd do. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, you're going to have a plan, have a good one. Because like, why fool around? You know, this is, um, it's a crapshoot most of the time when we're trying to figure out what are we supposed to be doing? Right. And for me, I've been a headhunter, you know, I've worked, had my own company doing executive recruitment and placement. So a lot of my work was helping people plan what do you want in your life mm-hmm. and looking at your life in different time segments, your 20s, your 30s, your 40s. And it's, it's your life, you know, and I always recommend do what you love because otherwise it's work. <laughs> it's just not something you want to do forever. So, and, and pursuing the creative is difficult. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. And, and only 20% actually succeed making a professional career out of their art. So it's not that, you know, I'm telling everybody to run off and be artists. No, no, no. Find a way to, to stay creative. Mm-hmm. Do it 
20% of your time, but allow your creative side to be stimulated so that you can be a really a fully functional human. And our programming has said, work, 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 work. Right. And then you can take two weeks off of vacation, you know, one year, et cetera. We have finally broken out of that mold and said, nah, that's not for us. <laughs> you know, and we said, let's go out and see. And thank goodness, thank goodness, thank goodness. I'm, I'm grateful to be an Air Force brat. So I grew up moving from base to base. I, it wasn't something I saw growing up where women to travel, let alone black women to travel. Mm-hmm. And yet, in my, in my own family, I had an aunt. She's in her 90s now, and she never married, and she traveled all her life. Because it's what, she's like, well, yeah, I can. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Go do it. And so she, taught, she got me in the, the travel bug. I guess I, I caught it from her. So let me ask you, what does it mean to you to be an oracle, like, right. Mm-hmm. I was just going to ask you to expand on that, like uh, your personal sure. journey, your relationship with that title. Oh, it's work because it, it's not the. It's looking at all aspects. Um, one of the things I've noted in my work, in my perspective. And what I can see, you know, is we all have, we all have clairvoyant, clairvoyant, clairessence, clairaudience, all of those clair skills are, we can tap into. We just, most of us just need to practice. Um, so when I saw my skills, I also saw the political. I was a political science major in college. Mm-hmm. So I had the perspective and, and a military brat. So I got the perspective of polarities of being on both sides of the situation. I was a missionary for 12 years and a dominatrix. I had the Madonna and the whore. You know, I'm an African-American in other countries, not American. I didn't like America so much, as I must say. I was like, ooh. So I've had the opportunity to see contrast. And one of the things with the Oracle is that, and, and we most of us are old enough to remember the Matrix and have that perspective of her conversation. And she was a complex creature. You know, she's working with kids and she's smoking a cigarette, you know, and she's making cookies. And you're like, what is she doing? What's her life? And she's living in this, where, where is she living? You know, she's not like making tons of money, but and she's, got, she's got the kid in mystery, you know, playing games with them. And it was kind of like, okay, what's the point? But you got to go to the Oracle to get the answers and make the mystery. And the mis- but the answers are always in yourself. Right. And the job of the oracle is to help you put a mirror up to yourself so that you can see it. And I realized that when I started doing astrological charts, and I was trained in the Mayan and the Taoist, or the Chinese specifically, uh-huh. and I have learned the human design. And so I have taken a kind of a reference librarian approach as a quote-unquote, modern oracle and said, well, okay, my clairvoyant skills aren't like, you know, some of the other folks out there, but I can look up stuff. (laughs) I love me a library. (laughs) I can do some research like a big dog, so I can look it up, and I can understand the process. 
which is very much the process of, of using the plant medicines like uh -huh. San Pedro or ayahuasca uh -huh. or Wilco, which is the natural one here, which is like the Bufo alvarius or the 5-MeO or LSD or any of those things. Those are the, the, the chemical ones. But they open doors to consciousness. And so as we understand, oh, you'll see the world differently if you take these different medicines. And particularly if you're guided by a shaman that will help you with this process. So we understand that's the point of these medicines. The point of the oracle is to go, okay, you know, it, it's, it's the, the radical, honest coach is my style to say, look, okay, where are you, where are you at and where you want to be? And what are your triggers that are tripping you up from getting there? Mm -hmm. are, we, are we looking at love? Okay, well, let's look at who you are and what do you have to offer. And I look at your charts because they are maps that you left behind for yourself. And there's 40, over 40 different astrological systems on this planet. We call that my field uh, trans, of transpersonal um, psychology is a psychometric tool that we can understand ourselves. And we have ancient ones and we have modern ones. And the modern ones you're made familiar with, like the Myers-Briggs or the Strong's uh, test for employment, what are, you, what are you good at, or Princeton Review, or human design. Um, but the older ones are just as effective. And I would work with kids in high school, you know, with simple, you know, and do it with a piece of art, you know, and have everybody draw a pig, and your personality comes out. Yeah. And it's just as simple as that. And I just went, we're the most interesting little robots on the planet. You right. Know, we, all have a, we all have a type, and we're not that complicated. And that's why robots or AI is easily programmable to mimic us because we're not that complicated of a species surprisingly so they've been able to look at us i think of astrology in particular western astrology like an almanac for humans so we know with planting you know you don't want to plant cherry trees in the desert you want to plant them where they're going to get moisture and blah blah blah, blah right temperatures and we are the same way humans have the same way because where we choose to be born and choose to be born to matters time matters because we are in a time-based system the vedic say in vedic astrology we have 125 years i'm like and you can look at everything in your timeline and i'm like oh PBS in America did a special trying explaining how timelines work. And they really described it beautifully like a loaf of bread. Mm -hmm. And that when you slice that, your life is your slice of bread. But if somebody cuts across diagonally across your slice, they can look down both ways of your life. They can turn to look to, front, to the future and to the past. So it's really how time works and and it's like oh it's complicated as we say but we are now at a stage of consciousness that we're getting it we go oh okay quantum physics has caught up so for me it was just doing my homework and is reading as much as i could yes. and i'm i'm grateful to say my first fetish as a child when i was introduced into sexuality as a very early age was learning 
and learning about ourselves and what made us human was just like, really? We could do that? Mm-hmm. So I've been on that kind of a hunt. And so it, my work is helping me see you and your, the powers of you being a human. Because we, we all have incredible amounts of skills. Okay. <laughs> you, me, you got me wound up. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I love this stuff. Yes. No, I know exactly what that's like when some, when you're very passionate about something. like, And uh, what you do and who you are, we, like it is complex. Like we're simple people, but there's so many layers. Yeah. So I see you talking about all the different aspects. Um, but that's also kind of what I wanted to ask you about. You said that you're a librarian. Um, mm. And I like that you said that because... I think that some people have an idea of what a specific job looks like, not right or role, let's say role, because we all right. have roles. And you are really making your role your own. You're saying that you don't believe that you work how some other people work in the same space, but you are working the way you know how to work and that is working <laughs> to use the word right. work again. Right. 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 <laughs> right. Yeah. You're making that work for you. I really appreciated that. Yeah. Um, it, it really is kind of a nuts and bolts approach to spirituality, if I may, uh-huh. because I, you know, I was a missionary for 12 years from 20 to 32. And I said, when my boobs were perky and nobody could appreciate them. Uh-huh. And I found some holes in the story and I went, I'm not buying this. Uh-huh. And so I stepped aside and I became a Quaker because what I liked about the Quakers is they had uh, the founder's wife said, I know what Moses says. I know what Jesus says, but what do you say? Mm-hmm. And I went, Oh, I know how to do some homework. I know how to research. And that's what I loved about college. And that's what college taught me was how to do research. Mm-hmm. So I said, I can do that. And that was a permission to not accept somebody's story or somebody's true and I'm a writer I'm, I'm, this, I'm on my eighth book now and I'm going I know the power of telling a story and you know we all know the handmaid's tale that's gotten quite popular mm-hmm. and Margaret Atwood I'm kind of like oh girlfriend I'm not pleased with your stuff I'm like you're writing dystopian novels that we as a simple people manifest and whatever is put into it, and like the Bible and the revelations, that's a script. Because <laughs> so I was kind of like, uh, wait a minute, y'all. Let's think about this. Do we really want to believe that story? And we can create the story. I'm sorry, I'm going off on tangents. But it is, it is, it is such a complex world right. that, that has been manipulated by storytellers and writers and authors. So I feel a responsibility to just tell the truth as I see it. Yes. I, I'm a better fiction writer than I am a nonfiction writer, but I'm like, and, and I know I could sell a lot more books that way, but I'm like, no, I, I don't want to manipulate people that way. I want to use radical honesty and go, okay, this is what I, and my first podcast was called, this is what I've learned thus far. Okay. I'm like, I'm like, okay. I'm going, I, I'm grateful for the consciousness that is happening because I can listen to videos now 
I almost double time just because I'm like, I need to learn. I need to learn. I need to learn. And my mind is just going hungry for more information that now it's just like, how many videos can I listen to in a 24 hour period? (laughs) Usually about 12 hours worth because I can listen to it quickly. But that hunger for information has just been, has gotten, you know, it's like a good high. (laughs) So I'm just going, I'm just going to go with it. And the more I know, the more, right. I'm going, uh, yeah, this works for me Mm -hmm. because it makes me happy. Period. I'm fulfilling my purpose and information I learned was power. And I want to empower the people who are in the, the range of my voice and my responsibility I feel on the planet is to do that because it is a right and it is a responsibility. It is both of those dualities and that's that mm. space of um, it's like surfing. You know, it's like, ooh, I'm on the board now, baby. You know, you feel that edge of, of life. It just feels great. Because I don't have a, I mean, I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm doing podcasts, I'm doing books, I'm doing events, blah, blah, blah. But what tomorrow will bring is, is really a collective story. Because I said, the Bible folks are waiting for Jesus. You know, the Muslims are waiting for Allah. And everybody gets to write their story and manifest it. <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, how's that going to work? <laughs> you know, that's complicated. Mm-hmm. But we, we all have freedom and we all have the right to believe as we want to. So it's a complicated time. And I'm going, how do we navigate that? Well, you better do what you love first. It goes back to you, baby. It goes back to your radical honesty, your taking care of yourself, and being true to your heart's desire. Because otherwise, you're just following somebody else's desire. That's what a job was. You yeah. know, we're making somebody else rich not ourselves. And so it's, and it's not about the money. You know, Americans proved years ago, $88,000 or $86,000 was the number that, you know, once you get that, what that used to be, that was probably in the nineties that you got that number, you were set, you know, you could pay your mortgage, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we probably tossed that number out the window, but you know, there was a number that was when you felt satiated, you felt like you were making it mm-hmm. and it, it isn't that's an interesting struggle that particularly I think African-American have women have succeeded best at as a culture because we have at least statistically mm-hmm. education wise we have had uh, as a cult, uh, there are more African-American College women who are college graduates than any other populace in the U.S. Okay. okay. So, and when I went to the University of Texas at El Paso, and the, the statistics there, it was mainly Hispanics there, but 80% of Hispanic men graduated and only 20% of women. Mm-hmm. And for African Americans, it was the reverse. 80% of women graduated, but only 20% of men. Mm-hmm. So I went, oh, that's going to mean a whole lot of smart black women out there without men in their uh, peer groups. So talk to me about, as a black woman, how it has been for you and 
I want to talk about it from a couple of different angles. I want to talk about it from you embracing your desire to travel. I know you said your aunt traveled and you were an army brat. Yes. It was in your life. But was it, was it a big deal to you then to try to, Uh, you know, moving every year in your year and a half of your life just became normal. Right. So it was, it was hard to stay in one place. Anyway. <laughs> Actually, okay. Oh my God. How many times did I move the furniture around? I'm like, Oh, let me just move. Um, so it, that was normal for me. And I remember something my aunt said when I was 25, she said, you know, you've lived your life backwards. She said, well, most people work 40 years and then retire and then go travel through the world. At 25, I had been around the world three times. So she said, mm-hmm. all you have to look forward to is 40 years of work. And I went, oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't want to do that. <laughs> so it just made me regroup and rethink and go, on. Well, okay, what do I want to do? And let me mm-hmm. look at time differently. How I use my time mm-hmm. and what do I want in my life and in this time? And what do I want to accomplish by you know, 30 or 40 or 50. And something my father said to me, he said, don't peak early. And I was like, and I didn't understand what that meant for a while, but it it was like, don't be the high school jock that is popular then. And then we forget you, you know, 10 years when you go to your reunion and you go, Ooh, look at them now. I was like, he said, peak later in life. And so I went, well, what do I want to do? And I said, I'm a kid that's used to seeing the world and seeing how other people live and think. And so I'm just going to keep doing that. It made sense to me. And, you know, when I wanted to get married and settle down, I went back to the U S for a while and, Oh my gosh, I spent six, I spent, Oh my gosh, I spent a lot of years in Texas. I was like prison. <laughs> but it was, you know, Texas is good to me as well. I can't complain about it. It was a, a tour of duty, let me put it that way. It was at, one, at Fort Bliss in El Paso, military base. But you learn a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm a military brat. So it's kind of like my people. I get them. So tell me also, so it, it just seemed natural to you. It seemed foreign to you to stay in a place. Yeah. And like prison. civilians. Yeah. I didn't know. I mean, civilians are. You know, those people. <laughs> it's like <laughs> what we're here, we're fighting for those civilians out there, whoever they are, mm-hmm. in Ma and Pa America. So I lived on a military base growing up, integrated military base, and we were Air Force, which integrated first. And so I was, you know, I got to swim in the pool. I never got exposed to racism. And I'm 59, but because uh, the military was then integrated. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, I was more challenged as being an American and it was harder to be an American than foreign countries. Um, but living on, you know, I was, afraid, I, however, you know, growing up, I was, I was afraid of civilians because <laughs> they were scary. <laughs> the Americans were, and because I was in military bases in North Carolina in the South. Okay. And so I knew those people were dangerous, but, you know, Okinawa and Iran, no, they were cool. <laughs> you, know, right. you get to, you, you understood their cultures and, and their racism from their perspective. 
and who were the minorities and who were the colonized people. And so you can go, oh, okay, okay, got it, got it. Because they always put the minority that nobody likes in charge. Right. That's colonialism. So, okay, find out who they are and who the fight is and just avoid it. So, you, you know, you try to do that. But, and America is like, oh, you're in the fight. If you're not the other, you're, you're in the middle of the fight. And I was like, ooh, who wants to live here? And I had that perspective of there's other places to live. I don't have to be stuck here. And when you have that freedom of going, well, okay, y'all work it out between yourselves. I'm out of here. It's, it's a nice freedom to grow up with. So I kind of had that all of my life. That's, that's why I feel very lucky to never really been stuck in America. Don't, you know, I spent most of my life in America, but it's still, I, I just went, mm, but I don't have to. <laughs> that's, that's that freedom. I don't have to. I don't so, put up with somebody's shit. So you're saying that in America, the civilians were the danger because of racism, but abroad, you felt yeah. And it was easy to understand based off the information that you got, like where to avoid the conflict. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're the other. You're the other. Right. So they're not paying attention right. to you. You're just, right. you know, you're a, you're a picture <laughs> an oddity. And why don't you come over for dinner? Because we've never met somebody like you. Right. So, so how, how have you been received as you've traveled? Um, I've had fun. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I've had a bad entry. Um, as like specifically like as a black woman since yeah yeah and I'm thinking or I'm kind of thinking you know I would tell you I, I was in Iran in the 70s before the Shah came down and uh, I didn't know anything about wearing um, a burqa or chador what they called it in that country mm -hmm. so when I got there um, it was the <laughs> I had to learn how to walk with Imagine holding both fists in front of your face like you're about to punch somebody. You know, you're in that position because you're protecting really your breasts. You're covering your breasts. Yeah. Because, because I was an uncovered woman, all uncovered women are considered whores and available for grabbing and molesting, raping, and murdering. And wow. so because that's what the Quran allows for. These are unholy... Uh, inhumane women in their teaching, and that's what the religion teaches. So you go, oh, <laughs> that's a problem. And so you have to learn how to walk down because I had to block men from grabbing my breasts, and I'm 14 years old. Wow. So you go, uh, this could be a problem. And so we learned how to, I had to, I, I, you know, in the 1974, we were wearing hot pants and mini skirts. Those had right. just come out. Right. And that's what I had packed in my luggage when we moved to Iran. But did they prepare us and tell us what a Muslim country means? And what right. that? No, we got none of that. So after about a month of that, I said, enough of that crap. And uh, put some clothes on, put long sleeves on, long pants on. Now, mind you, I'm in the desert and it's hot, but you cover up. And even then, you're still treated like a whore. So you're going, oh. This is a problem, but it's not my problem. It's their problem. Right. I'm just a guest. I'm a guest. I got to deal with it. That's right. I'm a guest in their country. And my dad's making a lot of money. and doesn't have to pay taxes, but we live in this hell. 
or it wasn't helpful, really beautiful. Um, but it was difficult. It was very difficult. And I was grateful to be African-American mm -hmm. because Muhammad Ali was very popular at the time and his picture was everywhere. <laughs> and they would ask me, do you know him? And I had to say, his, his second wife is a cousin of mine. So I went, yes, his family. <laughs> so I got invited to smoke more hookahs because of that one line of that family member. I never got to thank Mr. Ali, but I did thank my cousin. So it was kind of like, it was great. But if you were white and blonde, you got beat up and left for dead in the street. You did not want to walk alone. Mm -hmm. They were not like an American when the, when the, uh, the Islamic uh, powers came to board, they, it was tough. And kids I know were, you know, concussions. And the news, you, it didn't get reported in America. There was only one general that made a little sidebar who got killed in Iran. It was in the 70s, but, you know, the news has always lied to us. So I'm like, okay. Uh, but it was um, interesting times. And, and because you could see, oh, your religion gives you a belief system and that then becomes a cultural belief system right. that may not you know line up like it used to like christianity practice not so good you know islam practice not so good buddhism practice not so good so I, i've read the book and i've seen what the people do and i'm like they don't match and i've seen that consistently around the world mm -hmm. so i went oh isn't that interesting? We are we are we are a complex species. Right. It's like in theory it sounds great, but the practice of it is miserable. <laughs> exactly. And so it, it you know and so now Islam is all over Europe with Syria being uh, blown apart. And that belief set is also all over Europe now. And so Sweden and Norway has the highest um, rapes in Europe now because of that. Wow. And they don't want to go, hey, it's because these guys believe this way because they're feminists. <laughs> they're the most fairest country. It's illegal not to pay men and women the same rate. And so they've all, and, and they've got videos that these Syrians, when they were picking countries, and they talk about this, mm -hmm. when we were looking at country shopping like I do, where do we want to go? Well, you got free housing, income, guaranteed salary, and the women like sex. They're advertising on YouTube. I'm like, come on. Of course they were going to go there. So, uh, yeah, we've got some conflicts ahead. Mm -hmm. And we kind of did it to ourselves. And we don't communicate and we don't listen as a species. And, we so, we we gotta live a long time. We got work to do. So the only place where it was complex in your travels has been Iran, where your Americanness is essentially essentially kind of saved. Mm -hmm. but yeah. Blackness also saved you. But yeah. everywhere yeah. else, it seems like well, the Muhammad Ali like kind of thing. That helped. But let me tell you, I was in South Africa in 2016. I went down there for a burning man up yeah. in the African. And that was not comfortable. And, I, and, uh, and, and it was black on black crime. And it, I remember an older man coming up to me and just kind of challenging me. And I was like, I'm not backing down. So we're going we to have to go toe to toe one way or another. 
Um, but he backed down, and you know, I could smell the alcohol on his breath, but it was just this kind of push energy. And he was testing for my fear. And I went, yeah, I'm not giving in. And in broad daylight, you know, and, and the rapes and the violence in South Africa is not pretty. Those numbers are not good. And I would not recommend going to South Africa. One in every four people have uh, are HIV positive. I'm like, uh, excuse me? Come on. And they put that in their brochures because they have to. So you're going, okay, wait a minute. What's going on here? And that's a whole other set of beliefs that have culturally messed with them. And it's, it's some dark energies there. So it's, it's been an interesting going, well, what, where are the people coming from? I mean, it's more than just looking at a pretty landscape. Everybody got something pretty. Mm-hmm. So whether you're a mountain or a valley girl or, you know, oceans or, you know, whatever it is, there's story and history to go with it. And you've mm-hmm. got to look at the wholeness of the land, the people, you know, not... You know, unfortunately, African-Americans have such a narrow perspective, and most Americans do anyway, but we only see the world from our viewpoint, and and we got black and white, so that's kind of, and we got some brown in there, we may have some yellow in there, but there's still others to us. So, you know, when we become others to others, then we get to look at other people's stories and go, ooh, y'all got that too, huh? (laughs) Y'all got that problem too. How y'all getting over it? You know, how y'all getting along? And it's a work in progress. You talked about black-on-black crime in South Africa, but isn't all crime Mm -hmm. based on proximity? So it's not... Black-on-black crime is like a a media marketing tool to, like, try to make that black people are more violent when all people are... I would say proximity... True, true. I say proximity on the type of violence. So women, black women, women are raped. Uh, I've forgotten the numbers. The numbers are pretty high. Um, Compared to U.S. women, I want to say three to one. Um, And uh, robbery and theft crimes, I mean, you know, the whites there are the Afrikaans and the Dutch and the Germans. They're in gated communities. So what, how did they dealt? If they had farms, if they didn't take the land back, then they've got guns. <coughs> and you've got everybody in small townships in the ghetto. And then they've got waitressing. This is the 1960s, basically, still in South Africa. Where they may be... I'm trying to get to the 70s and the 80s, but really where the struggle is at from where Americans have been, their style in the 60s and pushing back. And, you know, Mandela, um, depends on what Mandela effect you're looking at, at, at 2013 where he left the country, they were, um, he was our Martin, they was their Martin Luther King. So when you look at the timelines of where they're at in, getting out of their own uh, way, really. And the Africans do it differently. That, you know, interesting being diaspora Americans, um, we get a whole different set of thinking. <laughs> they don't, we don't, and, and I was there and the movie Django was playing. <laughs> it was in a beauty salon and I had never seen it. And, they, and all the Africans in the room were like, 
what is going on with this movie? <laughs> uh-huh. Didn't understand it either. And I went, I don't know. I said, I don't know. I haven't seen it. But I, and then when I saw it, I went, oh my God, yeah, I can see how confused they were about trying to understand what African-Americans are like. Uh-huh. Because we, we have a communication barrier that we have yet to discover. Oh my God, I wrote about this in the 80s too, but it's, it's going to be a challenging one for us. Speaking of challenges, I wanted to ask you, as you've encountered them, well, I assume you account, you've encountered challenges, but what has helped you to navigate what you see as, as your challenges? Um, at this, personally, at this stage of my life, it is trying to balance 12 plates spinning at one time. Mm. And I'm, I'm of, a, of an age that I'm like, oh, I've gotten some experience. I can see how to do things quickly, faster. But I'm still just one person. Right. And I have to delegate it out, decide, is it worth my time? Am I spinning my wheels? Am I doing the right thing? And having all those questions because I'm still – you know, I've, I've worked in corporate life, I've had staff, had big budgets. It's easier to delegate it and have somebody, you know, come up with the solutions and, and then give it back to you and you just choose A or B. No, no, I got to do all the steps in the research. And so I, am, I, I had a, um, a channel of uh, priestess, goddess, medium that I work with. And she called me one day driving in L.A. traffic. She said, they're calling me to tell me you need to hire staff. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you okay? You know, when you're like, and they're calling you out across the world to say, you need to hire some people. I was like, okay, thank you, got it. I hear you. I'm on it. I'm on it. And choosing what's most important to work on right mm-hmm. now. Because I, I, can, I can see so many opportunities for me, I'm just like, they're like all shiny baubles. I'm like, oh, oh, I could do that, I could do that, I could do that. But I need to wait. Um, I've learned my human design as part of my um, learning the different charts. And my particular design, I need to wait to be asked. And that's the hardest thing for me to do is wait. And that is what I'm, I'm kind of like tapping the fingers going, okay, what can I work on next? And then I have to remind myself, yeah, but nobody asked me for that. So I'm just, that's just another crazy good ideal. And I'm like, eh, nobody asked me for that. So I have to work on my book because I was asked to do that. I got to finish that thing. And, and when I do that, then the next door of opportunity happens. And it's easy to walk into your path. But it, again, for me, it's just getting out of my own way. And like, okay, stop doing the bad habits that you know don't work for you. Mm-hmm. Stop. Stop doing self-sabotaging behaviors. Mm-hmm. You know, stop drinking or stop, you know, smoking or stop, you know, paying attention to your emotional, physical needs. Um, and it, it comes back to taking care of self. It keeps coming back to uh, what do you want to do in this life? Because that's really the only thing you're going to do anyway. I mean, you can believe that you can't. And, I don't have the time, I don't have the money, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. Whatever that I don't is, you'll be right, you'll manifest it. So it's like, okay, well, what do you want to do? And so that's when I ask that question over and over all day. Yeah, but what do you want to do? And everybody will give me what they can't do first. And I'm like, yeah, but let's go back. Want. Yeah. What do you want to do? And then, you, and then you're saying that 
there are a lot of things that you're interested in doing, but you want to be asked to do them. Is that from the spiritual realm being asked or is that people asking? No, that's work. No, that's work. That's day to day. That's every day. It's all of the above. It's both. Okay. okay. Um, it, yeah, it's, 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 it's and, and it's called a generator in, from human design. And uh, we're the law and human design different from the astrological or astrological Western, like has 12 different systems. Or 13. Mm-hmm. Human design only has five. And generators are the largest group of people because they are the people that get stuff done. The problem is we can run off track. You know, we're like, someone says, hey, I want to build a house over there. And we're like, oh, yeah, we can see the house. We're ready to build it. We already got the design. We got the tile picked out. Okay. Nobody asked us, anybody asked us to do it, though. Right. You know, so we're just like, oh, do we, did we step in your, you know, in the Western astrology, we call it Aries. You know, they're like rams. They just kind of move forward. I'm like, nobody asked you to go in there. So you got to go, oops, and you have to pull back. And so it's that getting out of our own way. Those little triggers that stop us from being our best self. And it's not until we slow down and look at ourselves. And go, oh, well, what are the shadow parts of ourselves that we're not paying attention to? Mm-hmm. And, and, and the beautiful part about a goal, a dream, a vision, a desire, any of those, you get lots of them. You know, I was like, yeah, we all had one. I was like, oh, I wanted that car and you got it. I wanted that dress and you got it. I wanted that job and I got it. So we've had it and then we go, I don't want that anymore. You know, and then we go on to something else. So the beautiful thing in life is that we are all creative beings by thought. And it is an electrical magnetic process. Thoughts are electric, emotions are magnetic, and when you put them together, that's the beginning of manifestation. That's the basic science of it. Mm-hmm. So, what do you want? <laughs> it's like it's neurons flashing. It's it's that's the fun of being a research geek, right. and that's where I'm just like ah uh, oh, and it's putting the pieces of the puzzles together and looking at it from the spiritual the biological, the anthropological, the physical, the metaphysical, and going, let's make sense of this stuff. We need to know it. It's not enough to have a a pie in the sky and Jesus will answer it one day. I'm like, Jesus who? Where's your papers? I want to see some references. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. I can't just buy a story anymore. I need to know it as fact. Because my life depends upon it, how I believe as we all do. Mm. And what you talked about um, getting out of your own way and I wanted you to, if you wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind sharing, share your self-care practices um, and what keeps you grounded. First, my favorite, five Tibetan rites. That's the secret for longevity. Mm -hmm. It's five little simple exercises that take you five minutes. And uh, do those every morning. Uh, that's the first one, physical. I have three pillars that I focus on, taking care of my best physical. So, uh, you know, and I, I'm a pig in the Chinese astrology, and I get bored easily, so I cannot do a practice of anything for a long period of time and not go crazy. Mm-hmm. So I do qigong, I do tai chi, I do hiking, I, you know, whatever feels good. Okay. A walking meditation, something physical, because I have to move my body. 
And secondly, it is the knowledge, learning as much as I can, because I, I can't just buy somebody's story and believe it. It's the time. It is called the time of revelation for a reason. We can learn and be revealed information, so it is behooves us to take advantage of it. And then spiritually, opening those connections so I can hear. Because what I, as Einstein said, the problems of this world are not going to be solved at this level. We need to elevate our thinking and our consciousness to another level so we can address that. We have to grow up. We have to mature. We have to evolve. We have to send whatever we want to call it. But we got to up our game to uh, get to this next level of existence. Existence. So, you know, what it, it doesn't matter what we call it. It will be something because we don't die. We just keep going. So I'm like, oh. Okay. Okay. Do I have to do another life? I uh, hope not. But if I have to, I want to keep on my memory. How do I do that now? Well, you better learn some stuff. You know, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that helps. Um, so I've, I've read as much about the past and looked at uh, cultural reasons why belief systems happen around the world and tried to make sense of it and go, okay. What's that mean for me right now? How do I make my life in Vilcabama, Ecuador, comfortable? How do I get laid this year? I mean, this is a, let's bring it to home. <laughs> where's, where's that next lever coming from? But I love that um, you're talking about all of this in regards to self-care because yes, that's like a yeah. very real knowledge of yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, in order for me to be well, I need to know a bunch of stuff. I need to prepare. In order for me to be well, I need to take hikes. I need to have sex. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You got to make yourself happy. You have a responsibility to take care of you. Yeah. And what That's it. are any of those in particular grounding for you? Do you have any that ground you specifically? In five Tibetan rites. Okay. Get out of bed. Because I go from one world to another, mm-hmm. from dream state to this. You know, I, I believe when you close your eyes, you are in reality. When you open, you are in the illusion, the Maya, the, the matrix, because this is a created world. But consciousness is these little white balls of light. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, that's us. And then what? What else do we get to be? Well, you get to manifest into a body if you want to. I'm like, okay, that kind of sounds fun. How long? Well, a lifetime. I'm like, uh, and then what? Well, you get to do it again. But why? Well, you learn stuff. Oh, okay, well, that sounds fun. Well, what, what else do we get to do? You get to create anything you want. Really? That's what's special about being human. With your thoughts with your emotions, you can create a world. But here's the, here's the trick. You got to remember that. And here's the other problem. But there's other people that don't want you to remember that. They, they want employees or slaves, as we like to call it. <laughs> um, so they will tell you their story and keeps you off track. And the Depending on what the story is, There's, depending on where you're on on the planet is the story, but everybody's got to deal with some kind of story. There is no religious free. I mean, Europeans are the closest to being free of religion, 
but they have secular humanism. So it has the cultural implications that happen. Now, it's, a, it's an, kind of an uphill battle. It's not an easy game. It's not yeah. an easy matrix. I mean, we're, we're, we are, to have made it this far, all of us on this planet, we're, as, as I've heard one teacher say, we're all elite players. Whether you're a starving child in Africa or not, you're in this game. And this is, and, and here's the other thing I've heard from the alien folks that will talk about these stories. I said, you know, people want to be human. It's hard to get a human body. And there's 7 billion of us on the planet. And it's like, and they said, I don't care if you are the starving child. If you just get to be human, that's a cool thing. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> from my perspective, I'm like, mm, what else you got? <laughs> Are there any other planets we can play on? Because I'm like, uh, and and now that we know there's lots more, I'm like, well, I'll, let's go. I want to go there too. I don't be sitting on the farm. Let me off the farm. <laughs> Keep me in my shoes. Let me go. Mm -hmm. When so, uh, the way that you're traveling right now is, it seems like you are kind of a long term traveler and base yourself in yeah it. yeah well I, I still try to be a two suitcase kind of woman okay um but i have everywhere i go yes i accumulate it i've just built an audio studio here so i've got you know the big old fan i got joe rogan's mic i got fancy mics i got two laptops so i've picked up electronic equipment because it's it is doing the voice work and and has picked up so yeah i try to fly light but you know I've, I've narrowed my clothing to one color you know, okay. that's, like, that's saved on you know different sets of shoes it's like oh, everything's white we just keep it simple and so that was my kind of let's just stay focused on the goal we're here to learn we're here to take care of ourselves we're here to get as far as we can in this game so if I need to do another life I'm good and it was something the Dalai Lama said years ago. It said, pray you live a long time so that you can learn all the lessons in this life and you don't have to repeat them in the next one. And, and luggage and baggage mm -hmm. is just that. It's heavy. And, and they're interesting. They're always pieces that have meaning to us that we want to hang on to because we hang on to our past. And those of us that can travel have learned to let go of the past so that we can reach for the future. And here's the funny part, because I do face readings, <laughs> and you know, you can read palms, you can read feet, you can read eyes, you can read butts. Mm -hmm. And here's what I can read, I can't read much on the butt, I'm not proficient at my butt reading. <laughs> but I can tell if you're a future thinker or a past thinker from looking at your butt. Is that... Mm -hmm. We're such a, a machine, these biomechanical machines. I'm like, really? You can see that? So I can look at people and go, wow, okay, okay, who are you? What are you here to do? I don't want, I'm not going to take off your clothes and ask you. But it's, it's, um, it's an interesting little system. It's a matrix. It's a game. It's uh -huh. how you want to play. It seems like that's the part about existing that is most intriguing to you are all these puzzle pieces, all this information, and like, how does it work, and what is it? Right. What can it do? I'm, 
Right. I'm because I'm, I'm born. I mean, really? Mm. Who wants to do a job for 40 years? What else have we got to do here? Mm. And and there's gotta be more to this. I'm I'm not satisfied with a career. I've had them. I didn't want children. I was like a little leash around my neck. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I'm gonna skip that karma loop. And and I honor the people who who seed the planet, who are reproducing like life does. It reproduces. So total respect. I just didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And but I kept going, but there's gotta be more. There's just gotta be more. And I'm I'm interested in that. Yeah. So tell me, are there any song lyrics? I know you talked about your relationship <laughs> with music with me before, that it was sorted because of all your traveling, so you never really got to get your oh, phone yeah. like that. But yeah, or or is there a, a poem? Is there anything that kind of speaks to you that you want to share with our listeners? <laughs> well, okay. Again, let me speak my age. I'm a Bob Fosse fan. Bob Fosse musicals of America, which are all the bad girls. Oh. Cab- Cabaret, Sweet Charity, Chicago, Chorus Line. <laughs> so those were the stories that were interesting to me. Yeah. And Cabaret is the song that I have sung more often than any. Life is a Cabaret. And um, and the Liza Minnelli sings about her roommate who was a, a hooker and um, saying that life is a cabin. There's no use of sitting alone in your room. Mm-hmm. Come hear the music play. Life is a cabaret, my friends. And, and it's just that, you know, and the hooker died from too much pills and liquor, but, and she rented a room by the hour. But she enjoyed her life. Yeah. And that was and and that was the homage to a woman who enjoys her life. And that's what I grew up with. And I went, ooh, I want to be that kind of woman. <laughs> yeah, <Yes. so. laughs> I and 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 because I was overseas and I don't hear um, American music and I don't know black music at all, hardly, you know, the people I'm like is NDRE still singing? <laughs> That's the last thing I remember from American music, and it's probably evolved since then. That it, and you know, you get stuck in a time warp sometimes and go, yeah. well, these are the songs that matter to me. But here's the thing that's become very, I have to be very careful about music. Right. And I don't, and I don't listen to popular music because of the wording. And and Pharrell Williams in particular is the best example I have. Is his song "Happy" that is probably the most played. It's in the billions now of how many times that song has been. Pharrell Williams. Song, Pharrell Williams. The and what it, entrainment music is the most powerful tool to program your thinking. And there's one line in the song that he sings about being happy even without a roof over your head. You are happy. And I'm like, um, no, I would not be happy with the no roof over my head. What are you saying? And it's this kind of, it's almost like sarcastic behavior to yourself. Love songs do that about, you know, country and Western songs about the dog. My dog died and my wife left me. You know, they're sad songs. They're pain songs. They're songs of longing. And you're, you're, so you're resonating in pain. And what happens? 
A thought plus an emotion equals mm-hmm. a manifestation. So music is dangerous because of the lyrics. And so popular music, I would listen to and go, oh, wait, nope, can't, don't want to sing that. Don't, nope, don't want to, don't want to resonate and keep saying it over and over and over again and manifesting it into my life. So you got to be careful with music. So a lot of times I got to listen to boring, you know, 432 hertz, you know, that's good for me kind of stuff. I'm like, ah. Every now and then I find a DJ. In fact, I know a Russian DJ in Kobangan that has some amazing music and he's mm-hmm. found lyrics that speak life, that are encouraging. But listen to the words. It Words matter. Yes. So you're extremely careful about the things that you program yourself with the information that you're taking in. Yes, ma'am. I try to be. <laughs> well, Miss Phyllis, thank you so very much. Oh, my God. I burned up over an hour listening <laughs> to that. Oh, my goodness. I apologize. <laughs> oh, no. It's very interesting, all the places that that you have taken us in this conversation like no kidding okay. we've gone all over the place we've around been... the world my dear around the world <laughs> and i know that's only like a fraction like such a very oh, yes. very small but oh, yes. um please let us know i always ask the ladies how can listeners support your work how do you want them to connect with you and i will put those in the show notes so they can find you sure let us know if if you were making travel decisions and don't know where to go next and you want help with picking out that, I have a very simple little service called Astro Travel Charts that will take, I must know your birth time now, and I can look and if you give me the cities you want to go to, I can give you a reading on what you will learn, experience financially, emotionally, relationship life in those locations. So that is such a practical, inexpensive tool. Three cities for 33 bucks. Simple, use it and know thyself more. And I have a whole selection of charts so that you can understand your life. And it's a privilege when someone lets me peek into their story with them. And I just get to hold up a mirror for them to see who they really are and their powerful beings that they are. And finally, that know that we are the gods and goddesses of this planet. We are these human, incredible beings that people like to manipulate, abuse, steal, kidnap, because we are some amazing, powerful stuff. I heard that. And we, we don't know it. And once we do, it's like giving you keys to the Maserati. And when you know yourself more, and that's what I want everyone to experience in this life because there's no one exempt who should not know who they are. No one. We are due that right. It is our right and it is our duty that has been stolen from us and we need to get it back. That makes me the angry black woman. I'm like, ah, don't be holding back now. (laughs) Information is our right. (laughs) So please take advantage of every opportunity you can to learn about yourself. Not somebody else's program. Learn about yourself. Because you can go from one program to another. So be careful of the gurus out there. Know yourself. Know yourself. And how can um, someone get uh, a chart 
like a reading either the um mm -hmm. the travel just go to my yeah my website phyllisraleigh.com it's under services okay so well, i'll it's, point it's, to your website thank you no thanks I'm so glad you're here and doing it, Mom. It matters. It matters. It matters. We need to be connected. Yes. And, you know, we, we all connect from these little black boxes we call phones and laptops. <laughs> right? Octavia Butler wrote about that in the 70s. Yes. I, I love she that. talked about it. She, yeah, she, she warned us. I went, mm hmm. Writers, <laughs> writers, we have a big responsibility. Yeah. And it is. It is a powerful thing to tell a story because we believe it. The mind doesn't know the difference from reality and fantasy. That's why porn works. Yes. <laughs> it's just, so we have to be careful, but it's a great time to be alive. And I'm so grateful to play this game right now with y'all. So my sisters, let's rock it. Yes. Thank you so let's much. Let's rock it. I <laughs> uh, love you, Mama. Love You're looking you great. Looking forward to seeing you shine. <laughs> Thank you. I will continue, and you continue as well. Okay. All Thank right. you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye